Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshta, and today we're going to talk about the most important factor that's related to vision, and that is lighting. Now, many of us often realize that lighting is important in our lives because it does help plants to grow, and it is something that gives us heat. But we often don't realize how critical light is for a human being to be able to see. The way that the human eye is designed is such that the eyes are merely receivers of light. When light strikes an object, such as the petals of a flower, those light rays are then reflected and they enter the eye, and these light rays are then absorbed by cells in the retina. And these particular types of cells are called the rod and the cone cells. Now, when the cells absorb this particular type of light, it then sends an electrical signal that travels through the optic nerve, and then it reaches the very back of the head, which is called the occipital lobe of the brain, where this kind of information is processed. So if we don't have that type of light that enters the eye and is absorbed by those rod and cone cells, there would be absolutely no vision in humans. We also know that it's also very, very important that we have sufficient amount of lighting in order to see. I know that many people have probably experienced a situation where there was an electrical outage and at night there was absolutely no light or there was an eclipse and there was no moonlight that was going to reflect into your home. Well, under those very dark situations, you really can't see things. And if you happen to turn a little bit of light on, maybe you have one candle, you may be able to see things in your home, but under the dim illumination like that, you really can't determine what color things are. You're not certain, is that a, a, a black dress, or is it a blue dress, or is it a gray dress? And that is because if we don't have enough light, the color receptors that process color, they're not able to see. Now, as time goes on and the sun comes up in the morning, we suddenly have enough light and we're able to see that throughout the room we have all of these different colors. And we could see blue, green, orange, red, yellow. And it really adds so much beauty to the world. But if we're in another situation where we are looking into the sun, such as you are driving towards the sun, the sun could be so bright and so blinding that you actually can't see and that your eyes will hurt, your eyes will begin to water, and you may actually develop a blind spot in your vision. This also shows that too much light, it will literally damage the cells of the retina, and it will cause permanent blindness. So we could see that the level of lighting that is going to be in our environment is extremely important. If it's too dark, we don't see, and if it's too bright, we're going to eventually damage our eyes, and we can become totally blind. 
So we do need to have a specific range of light that works best for the human eye. Now, one of the ways that humans are able to use the benefits of technology is that Thomas Edison, he invented the light bulb. And this was a situation where he developed an electrical current, and when that electricity went through a little wire filament, the electrons that were moving through that filament, it created heat. And from the heat on that filament, it created light. And we know that by the amount of energy flowing through that filament, it creates a different color of light. And this is why we can produce light bulbs that will be different colors. If you go to Disneyland or some of these amusement parks, you see light bulbs that have all sorts of different colors. And it is by affecting how much electricity is going through that type of filament. Now, these types of light bulbs have been the most popular light bulb for many, 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 many decades. And this is called the incandescent light bulb. The main benefit of the incandescent light bulb is the fact that the light bulbs are, are very affordable. Uh, they're very easy to install. You could put them into your ceiling by simply screwing it into the fixture, or you could put it into a lamp. And these particular light bulbs also produce a very nice amount of light. But one of the difficulties that we began to experience in the 1970s with the oil crisis and such was we're very concerned about the increasing price of electricity. In other words, the United States, the country, was using too much electricity to light up the rooms and our homes. And this is when they began to replace the use of the incandescent light bulb with a different type of a light, which is called the fluorescent tube. Now, the fluorescent tubes are essentially that. Most of them are a tube that's about three feet long, and they actually have two little prongs on each end. So you put the prongs into the light fixture, and you twist it, and it snaps into place. Many schools and supermarkets began to use these types of fluorescent tubes because they did not use as much electricity as the incandescent light bulb. And number two, the light bulbs would last much longer than the incandescent light bulb. So people were very, very pleased with the fact that they could save electricity and they could illuminate these warehouses and factories and stores and schools very well. But the negative about these types of fluorescent tubes that first were produced was that the color of the light it often gave a lot of people headaches. A lot of people said that the lights looked sort of a bluish color and it would give them headaches. They also stated that many times these lights would flicker. They would flicker very, very rapidly and it would also cause headaches. So the people who would develop these types of bulbs, they then started to investigate ways that they could change the efficiency of the bulbs. And what they did is that they found that they could use different types of gas inside that tube, and the different gas that was inside the tube would allow them to alter 
the color of the light that was coming from the tube. So this is something that is called the color temperature of the light bulb. With the fluorescent lights, you can select one that's going to be a Kelvin temperature of 2,500 degrees. And that particular white light will have a little bit of a shade of red to it. And so some people really like that. For example, people who might be working in the TV industry and they want a person's skin to look very healthy and sort of pinkish. Well, that particular type of bulb would be very, very effective. You could also use bulbs that were between 3,500 and 4,000 degrees Kelvin, and this would have a different type of a color of light. It was more on the yellowish-green end. And then for other situations, there was other bulbs that would have a high Kelvin temperature that's above 5,000. And if it's above 5,000, they called that daylight. It was the brightest light available, but this actually had blue light that's coming from it. And for, again, many people, especially people who have suffered from cataracts and other types of retinal degeneration, that blue light would cause a lot of eye strain and eye fatigue, and these people would say that they really had difficulty reading under that type of bulb for a long time. So one of the things to remember is that many people still do have fluorescent light fixtures at their work or at their home, and these are temperature bulbs that can be changed. The bulbs are available at Home Depot or any home improvement store, and they're very, very affordable. But if you are one who is more comfortable with a white light that has a little bit of a reddish tinge to it, you want a light bulb that's going to be around 2,500 degrees Kelvin. If you want one that's going to be a little bit more in the yellowish green, you go with something that's going to be 3,500. And if you're somebody who really appreciates and really likes that type of blue light, you need it for some reason, you want a bulb that has a temperature that's going to be 5,000 degrees or over. Now, as eye doctors, we generally recommend that people try to avoid that type of daylight 5,000 degree Kelvin temperature bulb. And the reason for this is that we know that this particular temperature bulb, it has more energy in it. And that higher energy that is coming out of these fluorescent bulbs when they enter your eye, they can contribute to the formation of cataracts, and they also could damage the cells in the retina, including the rod and the cone cells and the fovea in the center of the cone cells. So for many of our patients, we write special letters to the school or at work, and we ask them to change those particular types of bulbs. Now, in a situation, if it is just for whatever reason absolutely impossible and your boss doesn't want to change that light and they don't permit you to pay for the new bulb to change it, we sometimes will then prescribe glasses for a person to wear. These glasses are usually yellow in color and it will filter out the blue light and the ultraviolet light that's coming from these fluorescent tubes 
and that could protect your eyes from developing cataracts and degenerating the retina further. But if you persist and you go to human resources, it may be that we're going to have a hearing, but it is something that you will most likely win without any difficulty. There has been many times that I've been asked to come into court to testify as to the medical need of just changing that light. And again, these types of lights are going to be about $2 a bulb. So they're very, very, very affordable. And those fluorescent light bulbs, they last much, much longer than the conventional incandescent lights. Now, another type of fluorescent light that has become more and more popular in recent years is what's called the compact fluorescent bulb. Now, the reason that they developed this particular type of bulb is because when people would remove their old incandescent bulb, they would unscrew it, but they said, there is no fluorescent light that I could screw back into that lamp or into my ceiling light fixture. So the light bulb companies, they created a compact fluorescent bulb, and this also has a base that has the threads that you could screw in. But instead of a circular dome, you'll see that there's a tube, and the tube, it coils in a spiral. And this coiling tube is literally a fluorescent tube that has that particular type of gas in it. With these particular types of compact fluorescent tubes, you can select which color temperature that you want. You could also select which level of brightness that you want. And these bulbs also will use much less electricity and they'll last much longer. Now, one of the things when we talk about the brightness, many people say, well, does that mean that I want a bulb that's going to be a 100-watt bulb? Or does that mean I need a 150-watt bulb? Or does that mean I should buy the 300-watt bulb? Well, the answer to that is actually none of those. When people would purchase the incandescent light bulbs in the old days, it always labeled the wattage. And many people associated the wattage, like this is a 100-watt bulb, as that's how bright that it's going to be. Well, in reality, the wattage basically means how much electricity is this going to take? How much is this going to cost you to put power to light up this bulb? So we don't necessarily look at the wattage. The wattage tells you how much that bulb is going to cost you in electricity. The way that we could look at the packaging and determine how bright the bulb is going to be is you look for something else that will say lumens, and that is spelled L-U-M-E-N-S. So a compact fluorescent bulb, it might be producing 1,200 lumens, or you could have one that's less bright, that might be 900 lumens, or you might have another one that's dimmer, and it'll be 600 lumens. So that is what you would be looking for on your light fixtures box. When you buy these new compact fluorescent bulbs, look for lumens, and that will tell you how bright that it is. One of the things that is very important is that you also try it. Many times at these stores, they will have these on display, and if you're going to use a compact fluorescent bulb 
on your desk lamp, you most likely don't need something that's going to be extremely bright because the distance between your desk lamp and the paper or the book that you're reading, it probably is not going to be any further than a foot away. And so that close distance of the light bulb to your book is going to mean that that light is going to be much, much brighter as compared to if you have that light bulb in the ceiling. And so if you get a light that is dimmer, it probably is going to work very, very well for you. The second thing is that when you do purchase a desk lamp that's going to help you for reading or writing or maybe cooking, you want to get a desk lamp that the inside surface of the cone, that it's going to be silvered because that's going to reflect the light right there onto what you're reading or what you're working on. That is going to give you much more brightness. And the other thing that's very nice about the compact fluorescent bulb is that it will not get as hot as the incandescent bulb that you had used perhaps in the past. So this makes the compact fluorescent bulb a very, very effective tool when you're trying to make a desk area easier for you to see. You could select the brightness, you could select the color, and you also can get a desk lamp that's going to direct the light right at that reading material. Now, the question is, are there any disadvantages of these fluorescent bulbs and the compact fluorescent bulb? You know, the main disadvantage of the fluorescent bulbs and the compact fluorescent bulbs are two. Number one, you cannot dim those bulbs very easily. There are some specific types of dimmers that can dim the bulb, but they're very, very expensive. And I have found from personal use that they do not last very long at all. When I was a eye doctor, I had that particular dimmer switch put in my offices, and they did not last long at all. The second problem with the fluorescent tubes is that they could also be somewhat dangerous to the environment because the compact fluorescent tubes and the long fluorescent tubes, they have mercury. So if for some reason that light should break or it's something that you're disposing of, you're actually going to be exposed to mercury if that's going to be broken in your home or if that's going to be buried in the landfill. So many people were then hoping that we could come up with a new type of light that would be just as efficient, wouldn't use much electricity, but be as bright. So in the past decade, there has been the development of new particular types of lights, and this new particular type of light is called the LED. And the LED light, it stands for Light Emitting Diodes. And this is really a very, very fantastic piece of technology. And the reason that it's most fantastic is, number one, the white light is excellent. It will illuminate your page very evenly. Whereas if you're reading with a fluorescent tube or incandescent bulb, you may notice that there's certain areas of your paper that would be brighter than others. So it gives a very bright light. Number two, 
the LED bulbs do not get real hot. And number three, the LED bulbs, they use less electricity than the compact fluorescent, than the fluorescent, and the incandescent. In essence, they use maybe only about 20% of the electricity that the incandescent light bulb would need. Another really great thing is that these LED bulbs, they last much longer than the incandescent and the fluorescent. They may last up to five times longer than a fluorescent bulb. So overall, this is something that is really very, very effective and very economical. Now, the reason I say that it's economical is that in the past year, the prices of these bulbs have really come down. I was able to purchase many of these types of bulbs for about $2.50 each. And these were particular bulbs that I was able to replace my incandescent bulbs. And I was really excited because the first time that I bought some of these bulbs for my patients, they were $100 per bulb. Can you imagine that? People aren't going to replace their lights in their home with a $100 bulb. It's going to cost them thousands of dollars to do that. But now with the LED bulbs being $2.50, people are going to be able to do that and have much, much better light at a much lower cost. Now what's really good about these types of LED lights and some of the different fixtures that are available out there is that these types of lights can also be dimmable. So you can have a desk lamp that you're going to keep at your desk where you write or you draw or you do your fingernails or whatever, and depending on what the task is that you're doing, you can adjust the brightness of the bulb. There's a company that I use, and this company is called Berryessa Lighting Designs, and that's spelled B-E-R-R-Y-E-S-S-A, Lighting Designs. They're up in the San Francisco area, and uh, Mr. Mike Ju and his wife, they started this company. And they have developed so many specialized lights for people with low vision, and they have made these lights very, very attractive. They look beautiful. They work very effective. And you can talk to them about what might be some of your special needs. So if you're going to be painting and you need something so that you could put the poster board on an easel, they could make this light attach with a specific clamp that will go on your easel. Or I had another patient who really needed a magnifier for certain parts of what they were drawing. So what he did is he used a flexible arm and attached it to it so my patient was able to use that magnifying lens when she was painting and drawing some very, very small types of details. So with this particular type of LED lighting, we have many, many great benefits of it. Number one, you could have a desk lamp and just use it the area that you're working. You can very easily carry this and you could move it into the kitchen. So if you're going to be baking or decorating cookies and things, you could have that added lighting to help you there. You could also install these types of LED lights 
inside the range of that covers your stove. You know, one of the things that many people with low vision think that they can't do, they often think that they can't cook anymore because it's hard to see what's cooking in the pan. Well, when you increase that illumination with an LED bulb that's right there in the range, it works very, very well. But what if you don't even have a cooking range? Another thing that we did for another patient of ours was we basically installed what's called a track light. And a track light, it is a bar that's about four feet long and about one inch wide. And what is inside the track are two lights, and these lights are directing that white beam of light directly right onto the stovetop. So for this woman who wasn't able to see well enough to cook because she didn't have the light, we simply put this track light over the stove area, and she was able to see well enough to cook. And it just really, really changed her life tremendously. And I'll tell you, that track light was something we purchased at Home Depot, and this particular one was about $60. $60! I mean, that was just absolutely fantastic. So you can put these particular types of LED bulbs to replace your existing lights. And again, it's going to give you the color you want. It'll give you the brightness you want. It's going to save electricity, and it's going to be much, much safer for your home. Now, another area that relates to these particular types of lighting comes to when we think about what is the best thing if we are going to be working on the computer. You know, we hear a lot about computers and computer screens. What would be the best type of screen for us to have? In the old days, the computer screens, it had what was called the CRT type of monitor. And this was the computer screens that are just really big and bulky. They were shaped like the old televisions. They would project towards the back, maybe about 15 inches, and they were very, very heavy. So people often ask us, they say, you know, doctor, is it better for me to use that old type of CRT monitor? And the answer to that is no. The new screens that are available that are very thin are actually much better. And they're better for a few reasons. Number one, they don't emit as much radiation. And we have to be very careful about radiation when it comes to our eyes because the radiation from the old televisions and the radiation from the old computer monitors, they can cause cataracts to become worse, they can cause the retina cells to become damaged, and they can cause eye fatigue. So we do recommend what are called the LCD monitors, and that is, stands for the Liquid Crystal Display Monitors. Now, with the liquid crystal display monitors, there are two different types that you might think about, okay? The first one is what is just simply called the LCD monitor. And when it is only an LCD monitor, the way that that screen works is that they have one fluorescent tube or one fluorescent light in the back of the screen and that's how everything is illuminated on your computer screen. Now, that is actually a very, very nice monitor, and it does work very well 
The images on the screen are sharp and bright. But if you want one that's going to be even better than that, is that you want the LCD monitor that's going to use LED lights. So again, it's an LCD thin monitor that will use the LED lights. The main difference is that with the LED monitor, they use many of these different types of LED lights, whereas with the LCD monitor alone, they just use one fluorescent light. When you use many LED lights, they can be positioned on the edges of the screen, and each particular light will emit one color. And that is going to give you much better color rendition. It's going to give you sharper edges, and it's going to give you better contrast. So if you are in the market for a, a new monitor for your home computer, we would recommend the best one would probably be, be a LCD monitor with the LED lights. And they are going to be under $200 in most cases. If you are in the market for a laptop computer, you can also find the same thing. The laptop computers nowadays almost all have the LED lights in the LCD monitor. So it gives you excellent types of brightness and color. Now, if you have one of those particular types of colored monitors, but it's still difficult for you to see, there are special software programs that you can purchase to magnify what's on the screen. One company is called AI Squared, and AI Squared, they make a program that is called Zoom Text. And Zoom Text will magnify what's on the screen for your Windows computer or also for your Macintosh computer. But if you're a person like myself who is totally blind and you don't need a screen because you can't see what's on the screen, I am using a program that is called JAWS. And JAWS works very well for Windows computers. But if you have a Macintosh computer, this is what's really great about Apple. They include a program that is called VoiceOver. And with VoiceOver, the Macintosh computer will read aloud for you so that you can access all of those different types of web pages and things. The other thing that we can talk about is when it comes down to using specific types of lighting for outdoors, if you have an area outside of your home that's a long walkway and maybe it's windy and it's kind of dark, you may then ask, What's going to give me the most amount of light at the lowest cost? Would it be the new LEDs? Well, the new LEDs are improving, but if you really want the most effective, it would be something that's called a sodium vapor light. And the sodium vapor lamp, that is something that I have outside my home. And this is a light that I did purchase at Home Depot it was $59, and the color of the light that comes from it is sort of a yellowish gold light. And the advantage of this particular type of light is it spreads the light out very, very far. So my entire driveway is illuminated 
and it lights up the sidewalk area where people can walk. So it makes it much, much safer to be able to not only protect your home, but to make it safer for you when you do get home. If you're a person who doesn't like, some people don't like the color of the yellowish light. No, you have probably seen these yellow lights on the streets and on the freeways, and they do that because it produces the most light at the lowest cost. But some people say, I don't like that. I would rather have a regular type of color light. There's also a mercury vapor type of light that works the same way. The mercury vapor light is a bit more expensive in the sense that it uses more electricity and the light fixture itself is a bit more expensive. I think it's about $150 for that light fixture. But again, it will provide you with a lot of light for the areas that you are as you're, you're coming home from home. So overall, these are some of the new changes that are available in light. And I want you to realize that if you do have some vision or if a family member is visually impaired, the first place to begin as you're trying to help yourself to see better is to alter the lighting. Lighting is, again, the most important factor. And if we change the lighting, there's many times that people could read and write again with glasses. If there's situations where people are having problems because it is too bright, like many of our patients with diabetes and people who have problems with cataracts or problems with the fovea, they're very, very sensitive to the bright light. And we have special sunglasses that have polarized filters that can reduce that type of glare. So if you're in that situation, I recommend that you make an appointment with a low-vision optometrist or a low-vision ophthalmologist who will be able to demonstrate each of these different lighting conditions for you. And based on your diagnosis, based on the diagnosis, we as doctors know what color light and how much light would work the best there for you. So I I thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this lecture. And if you do have any questions, you can email me. My email is drbill, that's D-R-B-I-L-L, foundation, at gmail.com. Okay, well, I want to thank you, Mr. Dick Burton from Airs LA, for recording this. This podcast will be available on the CCLVI website in about a week, and it'll also be available at www.airsla.org, www.airsla.org, which is a great, great source of podcasts for anyone who is low vision. So, Thank you very, very much for your time, and we look forward to hearing you next month when we talk more about low vision. Good night, everybody.